What is going on, everybody? This is Gina Spirito back with episode 64 of the Gina Spirito podcast. I hope y'all are having a great Monday, August 30th. Today's the first school, first day of school for me. Um, I have a pretty nice schedule for this semester. Um, I've honestly, uh, leading up to this semester, um, have never had a class later than 3.30 in college, I believe, maybe four, maybe a 5 o'clock class. I think my math class when I was a computer science major, my last math class I ever took was at 5. But that probably is the latest class, um, and that class was only an hour and, and 15, so I was able to get out of there by, by 6.15, 6.30. But uh, this semester is going to be completely different than that. Um, on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, I not only only have one class that I have to take, uh, but all three of those classes will be at night from 7 to 9.45. And then on those Wednesdays, uh, I also have a 7 o'clock class, but I, on top of that, have a 4 o'clock class. So five classes total spread over four days, which isn't too bad. Uh, but each of them, um, you know, during nighttime, I mean, four of the five of them starting at 7 o'clock, and all five of them going for two hours and 45 minutes. So definitely going to be a very different semester than I'm used to, but I'm excited for it. I think it'll be good um, uh, having a nice little balance, um, you know, with my days and only having to worry about one class specifically, except for, of course, Wednesday being the long day, quote unquote, even though that just adding an extra class, it's not like it's anything um, I'm crazy. Uh, you know, adding three classes to that or something, but, um, you know, really excited. I, um, I know that I have two professors I've already had. I have one of them twice. So really only have to meet two professors this semester. Um, you know, I, I've, I'm, I'm ready. I've got everything, uh, you know, ready to go. I'm trying to make it feel, um, as much this semester, as much as a regular semester as possible. Um, you know, trying to get my binder organized, trying to uh, still have my syllab, I mean, my uh, planner, uh, all the syllabus, or whatever, whatever the case may be. Trying to make it, excuse me, trying to make it still feel uh, like a regular semester, and um, you know, try to motivate myself as much as possible uh, to get it done and, and to get through it uh, by doing so. So, um, I hope. Um, everybody else that is starting school today is having a great first day back, and um, I hope you guys are all uh, ready for the grind, uh, just like I am. But without further ado, let's get into it. Let's talk some Padres baseball to start today. Um, you know, a pretty pretty disappointing the past three uh, past three weeks, as I've I've talked about in the past few um, podcasts. Uh, All Star break. Um, you know, felt like a really good opportunity to, to regroup the guys, especially with, with where the, where this group was at prior to the all-star break and then sending four people to Colorado and, um, you know, should have been five with you Darvish, but, you know, still being able to send five people to Colorado for this all-star break. Uh, and then, you know, it's, it's, it's really been a downward slide, um, you know, for the entire team and. Um, it's it's not been pretty these past few weeks, uh, you know, having splits, um, you know, the first three or four series from the All-Star break, the Padres have 
not lost, I mean, not won a series um, since then, uh, as they did uh, lose, they, they, uh, got, they, they lost to the Diamondbacks, they got swept by the Rockies, they lost to the Phillies, a two out of three, they lost to the Dodgers in a sweep, and then they finally come to Anaheim uh, for a two-game series Friday and Saturday, uh, looking for, for something. Um, I was able to go to the, the Friday game, um, and I was honestly pretty excited. I know the team has been playing like shit, but, uh, you know, Joe's on the mounds. Uh, there, uh, you know, there were some, there were some little bit, a little bit of light here and there in this Dodgers series, but overall, not too much to take from it, especially game three, uh, the four, nothing loss, three hits total, um, you know, 0.090, uh, batting average for the entire series, the worst batting average in a series in Padres history. So, um, you know, of course, when you think of all of those things, uh, you know, how, how can you say there was any positive light? But I mean, I mean, the, 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 the West Coast Marathon, the 16 inning, uh, game, of course, the Padres had multiple opportunities to score and win this game. And it honestly should have been easier for them, or maybe the pressure wasn't as on them, wasn't on them as much as it was for the Dodgers to score as they were the home team. And if they were able to at least take the lead, then the game would have been over because, um, it would have just been a walk off. But, um, the other side of that, uh, you know, our, our pitching core, um, you know, uh, a bullpen that, um, you know, after seeing Blake Snell go seven and two thirds, I'm sure they were not expecting to get warmed up, uh, in the 14th, 15th, maybe, um, you know, and, but still they, they hung in there. Uh, they, they gave five straight, um, scoreless extra innings, the 10th, the 11th, the 12th, the 13th, the 14th. Um, and then, of course, two runs in both the 15th and the 16th made it uh, too much of a uh, made the lead too much for the Padres to come back from. But still, five straight extra inning um, extra innings where uh, th- these I mean these pitchers were working it. Um, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, this Dodger lineup is is stacked from from one to nine, and uh, some of these pitchers pitching in spots that they they never. I mean, of course, you, you got the you, we uh what's it called? We had the Austin Adams, we had Tim Hill up, we had the normal you know the normal guys Emilio Pagan up um, that that normally see those those sits sits thinning and beyond, um, but then you know you got Chris Matt coming up in a huge spot. Um, you got uh, the guy we literally called up that day. Number 72, I can't remember what his name is off the top of my head at the moment, but he pitched uh, a shutout inning as well. Um, But, of course, Daniel Camarena um, having to go the 15th and the 16th because um, there was literally nobody left in the fucking bullpen to pitch. Um, And he did give up two runs in both of those. Uh, But still, man, a a great effort by the bullpen as a whole uh, to hold this Dodger lineup to zero runs for those five straight innings and then uh, unfortunately, you know, the, the Thursday game was, uh, much of the same, um, of the past month and, and really just flat from, from, a energy standpoint, from a hitting standpoint, uh, falling behind early and then not really able to recover from a one or two run lead. And then that turns into a three or four run lead. And then it's uh game over. So Dodger series out of the boots, um, you know, moving on to Anaheim, like I said, going into Friday night's game. Positive, Joe on the mound, 
uh, could, you know, have has a, has a DH. Uh, we actually have a DH, uh, you know, playing the Angels, um, and they are an AL team. And also having the DH, having Joe on the mound, uh, it just it, it felt like it was set up for a good time. And it was a it was a fun environment. Uh, some of these some of uh, these Angel fans were, were just pretty ridiculous in our section. Uh, one threw up everywhere on seats in front of them. Thank God there were not a lot of fans there. I mean, I thought I was at a Chargers game um, with the amount of uh, Angel support that they truly had. Um, you know, it was like a select handful of people, and then the rest of the everybody else was, was majority Padre fans. So uh, that was kind of nice, but there were like a few Angel fans that, that were – we're talking and talking regardless, you know, how some people are at games, regardless of what the score, what their, how their team's doing. They're just talking. They're, they're having a they're having a fun evening. And uh, this man ends up throwing up everywhere in front of him and in the seats in front of him. Thank, like I said, thank God there were nobody um, sitting in those seats in front of them. And they had to like literally escort my entire row, like my entire section, not even my entire row probably like seven or eight rows of this section. They had to escort them over um, to a nut, like the, the net section over. And I've never seen, um, seen that before really uh, because, because of the, the smell and, and how gross it was looking as well. But um, I just never seen those that many people be able to stand up in the 100s in the bottom, in the lower deck and just move over one section and we could all like fill in. It was, it was pretty, it wasn't as, it wasn't as crowded as I thought it was going to be. Um, but it was still a good time. Like I said, the Padres able to take game one of this two game series in Anaheim five, nothing. Like I said, Joe Musgrove on the mound. He was absolutely uh, phenomenal. P- tossed the three hitter um, and a shutout nine innings, three hits, only zero earned runs, only two Watts as well. And had nine strikeouts um, coming into this season. No Padre had ever thrown a shutout in an AL ballpark before this season. And now Joe Musgrove has done it twice. Of course, the first one coming in his no-hitter where we faced the Texas Rangers. And now finally in Anaheim uh, facing the Angels. Uh, And this is also... The uh, third time that Joe Musgrove has faced the bullpen from throwing a sa- – I mean, has saved the bullpen from throwing a single pitch, as, of course, uh, if you don't remember, in Houston, um, Chris Paddock uh, started off the game pretty rough, and Joe Musgrove came in, saved the day. I believe it was the third or fourth inning of that one, and he ended up pitching uh, the rest of the game throughout to um, save the bullpen um, a day of work um, as this was on – the second 20-game road trip that the Padres had, or tw- not 20-game road trip. It was like 20 games straight, but it was like 14 games on the road. So still a heavy, um, heavy, heavy workload uh, for um, the bullpen and for everybody playing in those road road series and, uh, you know, having all those games already stats from home and then having to fly that day and play again. Um, that was, those were, you know, the tougher road trips. Those, those are the tougher road trips. So Joe was able to save the bullpen for an extra day, uh, then, and then he was also of course able to save the bullpen in both of his complete games this year. Um, as he is still the only, um, Padres pitcher to work eight or more innings, um, this season, 
And like I said, it is his second career uh, complete game as both of them have have come uh, this year. But the offense definitely got it going. Uh, Jaredson Profar um, was able to uh, start the game off in the top of the second with a triple to right uh, with the uh, with the Grisham and uh, Hassan Kim on second and first. All uh, both of them able to score, and then um, Jake Marinzit able to uh, knock an RBI single, get Profar around, make it three nothing after uh, just two innings, and then uh, in the top of the fifth inning, Nola was uh, Austin Nola was able to uh, hit an RBI single, and then Trent Grisham um, able to um, bring Hosmer home um, as well in this top of the fifth inning to uh, bring two more runs in. Uh, but then, um, what's it called? There, there wasn't really much action after that, uh, as the Padres, like I said, able to take this one five nothing uh, behind. I mean, Joe Musgrove's dominant performance today and really showing, um, you know, his abilities uh, with with each of his pitches. I felt like, uh, you know, Joe Musgrove. Everybody, everybody knows this. This slider's coming. The the cutter. Um, his curveball's been been there as well, but uh, definitely his two seamer was was working was working, and it was nice honestly seeing uh, some fastballs from Joe. And I mean, he was he was just being very efficient in innings. Um, I don't I think he pitched a total of a hundred and a hundred and two or a hundred and three pitches. And um, like I said, this man was just being extremely efficient on the mound, getting quick outs. Um, you know making the uh making the hitters work uh putting them in in spots oh two one two um getting them to swing at stuff uh when when they when they're forced to and when they when they're needing to protect or um you know just getting easy easy ground outs easy fly outs he had it all working for him and uh it couldn't have been a, a better game to go to um as a Padres fan like I said offense able to get 10 hits in a much needed win um, I mean, literally to describe how bad the series was against the Dodgers, literally the night before, uh, through five and a half innings at Angel Stadium, they had 10 hits. And of course, they didn't have a hit the rest of the game, uh, but they did have 10 hits, go only through five and a half. And that's as many as they had in 34 innings against the Dodgers. So in five and a half innings at Angel Stadium, they had as many hits as they did in all three games combined against the Dodgers, um, pretty pretty sad, but that's just is it is what it is. It's baseball, man. But uh, I mean, since Larry Rothschild dismissal, the first two starts, um, you know, since since this happens for I mean for Blake Snell, seven and two thirds, one earned, zero watts, ten strikeouts, and then Joe Musgrove, a complete game, zero earned, two watts, and nine strikeouts. So uh, we'll see if this trend continues. Um, we'll see if the firing of Larry Rothschild helps out with some of, you know, our, our, our starting pitching. Um, but, uh, I mean, you can't really, can't really say much about game two, um, when it comes to that, as the, um, angels were able to take game two and split the series, um, as they won 10 to two, uh, just an absolute, an absolute, 180 by the Padres in the span of 24 hours. Um, Ryan Weathers on the mound, a pitcher who's been struggling. He is very, you got to remember, Ryan Weathers is only 21 on the mound. Uh, he's still really 
learning, growing, trying to, um, you know, literally learn on the job, on the spot. Uh, so, you know, not the best situation for, um, you know, a pitcher who is that young is, I mean, technically, I don't even know if this would be considered his rookie year since he did play against the Dodgers in the NLDS last year. So I don't know if that, you know, ruins his rookie year and he only got to play one year and that's that, I mean, one game and that's his rookie year and it's in the playoffs. I don't really know, but you know, this is like his first real season, um, in the big leads and, uh, he's just been struggling, man. He, he really has. And, uh, it's, it's been because of the, the health and, um, you know, where the position of our starting pitching has been. Um, so, you know, coming in, to game two, I was I was really hoping for something, but it, it was it was uh, unfortunately not the not the best start um, for Ryan Weathers as he did only go three innings, uh, but he did allow four hits and three earned, only struck out one uh, as he gave up a homer to um, to Walsh in the second, Mayfield in the third, um, and then uh, the Padres were able to able to put uh, two on the board following this third inning to to make it a three to two ball game to um, only be down a run but then um, Angel's able to put two more on the board in the top of the fourth inning I mean in the in the bottom of the fourth inning two more on the board in the bottom of the fifth inning and then three on the board in the bottom of the sixth inning uh, the lead was then 10 to two and, and the game was just about over as the Padres showed very little life in this one. Pitching still is an issue um, with Ryan Weathers on the mound, at least, um, as it just turned into a bullpen game. And, and, you know, this bullpen man has just been tats, and, and you could see it, it definitely caught up to them in this one um, by, by a landslide. I mean, uh, Pierce Johnson, two earned. Austin Adams, two earned. Tim Hill, three earned. It was, you know, guys that are normally out there, guys that are, are pushing it and really making it difficult on batters uh just didn't have it their way um on in saturday's game and um you know could you blame that on being overtaxed of course you know what i mean what what else is there to really is there to really you know point and and cue it on really you know what i mean it's 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 been a very tough go around for this bullpen especially in the second half of the year uh so Padres not able to take this one, but uh, they do um, go into Arizona tonight uh, with Chris Paddock on the mound Monday, Blake Snell taking the mound for game two, and you Darvish taking the mound for, for game three um, in a quick three-game series in Arizona before they head back home uh, for another three-game series uh, that will be against the Houston Astros Beer Fest on Friday the 3rd, which will be very fun. Um, but man, oh man, this Padres team definitely continue to slumping every hitter, but tr but Will Myers Grisham sits for his last 38, Adam Frazier five for his last 37, Toddy five four for his last 32, Machado sits for his last 47, Jade nine of his last 41, Austin Nola sits for his last 35, Eric Hosmer ten for his last 48, Tommy Pham seven for his last 49, Caratini sits for his last 34. I mean, the list goes on and on, and this this doesn't include the game. I didn't do the math uh, with the Angels game where we did have ten hits, um, but you know, still that that this this basically shows where the Padres have been at for about the past month or so. And um, all you can do is keep hoping, keep praying that they'll they'll get out of this 
Um, it, it sucks that, you know, the, the team that's currently uh, one and a half games ahead of the Padres and then in the Reds uh, for the rest of the year, their uh, opponent winning percentage is at a point four five nine, which is the second lowest um, remaining scheduled in the MLB. And then the Padres have a point five six nine remaining opponent win percentage, which is actually the highest in baseball. So, like I said, the Padres not being able to take advantage of um, of the 18 game, uh, you know, 18 game streak where they were facing these opponents like the Diamondbacks, like the Rockies, like the Marlins, who have been struggling all year, and opponents that the Padres should be putting away and should be getting W's, uh, you know, to help in a, in a race like this. You know, these those games have to be crucial, have to be won. Uh, because if you're not going to win those ones, then when you have to go against, you know, the the better teams, it's going to just be that much more pressure on you. So uh, the Padres not being able to get it done against those teams have only resulted in, um, you know, just making it that much more difficult on themselves uh, to to start a uh, little run at the end, you know, this last month, month and a half or so, um, and and get into the playoffs. But we'll, you know, we'll see. You know, we'll, I believe in this group. I believe in this team, but. Uh, they're just putting themselves in a really, really tough situation, especially with the Dodgers having won nine of their last ten, and the Giants still winning their last eight of eight of their last ten, still seeming to win. I mean, the Giants currently eighty-four and forty-six, Dodgers eighty-two and forty-nine, and then the Padres at third and sixty-nine at sixty-nine and sixty-two, uh, fifteen and a half games back of the division and one and a half games back of the wild card. But you know, still, 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 still. Um, what's it called? Tonight's game will be the 132nd game. Uh, this gives the Padres 31 games uh, to make a one and a half game lead back. Um, and I mean they're playing the Diamondbacks. You know, it's it's sweep the Diamondbacks time. It's time to beat some of you know beat on the Diamondbacks. Let's sweep them. Let's at least fucking take the series, please God. And let's come back home. Rest day Thursday. Come back home ready and prepared to play a Houston Astros team who is looking very, very good this year. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, just just as prepared mentally and physically as possible to um, treat every at-bat like it's like it's your last to, you know, for, ever, for all the pitchers to continue hitting your spots, you know, continue – Making it tough on these batters, not putting yourself in shitty situations, 2-0, 3-0 counts, whatever it may be. You know, make it easier on yourself. Make the game easier for you and your teammates, and good things are going to happen. So hopefully this Padres team uh, can do that. just that tonight. Sits 40 against the Diamondbacks in Arizona, game one of this three-game series. But moving on, let's talk about uh, the crazy last few days that we've seen um, with the Drake and Kanye beef. Um, on top of uh, Donda, the listening party, the release, let's get into some of this. Of course, um, if you uh, you know haven't really been following this that closely, um, Kanye West has now had before uh, Friday's third listening party. Kanye West uh, was living, literally living, uh, supposedly in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, which is home of the Atlanta Falcons. He was he was supposedly living in the stadium, finishing on Donda, 
this is where he had the first listening party for the album, and then he had the second listening party for the album. Uh, both times after the album didn't drop, uh, there weren't really any clear, um, you know, there weren't really any clear indications on to when this album would be dropped, when the release date was still. Um, all we kind of knew was Kanye was still making tweets, still adding features. Um, you know, he had Mike Dean and, and company helping him out, um, you know, trying to finish this album, trying to make it work. And then finally, um, last week, he had announced that uh, the third listening party uh, for Donda would be happening at Soldier Field on August 26th, uh, which was um, last Thursday. So he announced this. Uh, you know, people started freaking out, but they also, you know, you know, well, this is the third listening party and the past two have resulted in no album. Is this is this one going to result in an album? Uh, you know, that's that's basically what the main mindset I had was. Uh, of course, I was going to watch the listening party if, if I had time and I ended up having time. So it was still really fun to watch. And I had watched the first I watched the second one, but not the first one. So I was I was excited regardless, even if the al if the album had dropped or not. But I, I know for sure that's that's what I was still thinking. And I know a lot of other people were thinking, you know, uh, this this is going to be cool and all. But is, is it going to result in an album? Is it going to, you know, come after or before the listening party? Who knew? But, um, you know, this, of course, uh, like I said, drew questions, uh, you know, resulted in people asking um, directly on social media sites to Kanye's manager or people in his team whether or not the album would be getting released after this. And uh, Kanye West manager, um, right after Kanye announced uh, this third listening party, uh, basically clarified uh, right away that Donda would be dropping um, his album after the uh, 26th, after the third listening party, um, as, he, as he responded to people saying 100%. He said absolutely to another person. Uh, so this this hype was was being built, um, being built up, especially um, with some of the uh, with some of the reports about the stage design and what this event would be um, would be uh, what's it called bringing uh, as Jonathan uh, Josel, who uh, what's it called had some involvement. Um, from who who would be okay so jonathan jozzle uh had some involvements with the balenciaga creative director uh dima gasvelia gasvelia and they both were talking about the show um as jonathan was producing it but he was getting basically some inspiration and of course uh kanye and kim have been on their balenci um, balenciaga campaign slash you know just wearing that only i think all of his merch is in balenciaga or something like that uh so uh they were working on the stage design uh, and as well as kanye west's videographer um and they were talking about um, what it would be like, and they were talk. They they basically had said that uh, it would be on live. It would be on Apple Music live again, um, and that this Chicago production would be grander um, and way uh, more creative than the previous Donda events. Uh, as you should quote unquote expect a more detailed show on a whole another level. So uh, the hype was being built. The hype was there. Um, people were ready. 
uh, for this event. The tickets dropped. People were buying them. And then all of a sudden, if you don't remember, last week, Trippy Red dropped, um, dropped a new album. Um, I don't know if you guys heard that or <laughs> even uh, slightly cared uh, if Trippy Red dropped anything, but he did. And um, what's what was the name? I think it was Love. Oh, so yeah. So Trippy Red drops an album, Trip and Night. When he first initially released uh, the track list for this album, he had basically the SoundCloud, uh, Infinity Dauntlet. He had uh, Et Sets Sets. He had Juice. Excuse me, Playboy Cardi, Little Uzi Vert. And he also had a Drake feature on there. But when the album dropped, the Drake feature was not on there. Uh, and people were wondering where it was at. And then a few hours after the release, he said it he was working on it. He was trying to get it back on there. And then I believe it was on either Saturday evening or Sunday morning. The Drake feature was finally on there. Um, and on this Drake feature... Uh, we got to hear a Kanye diss, uh, and as Drake, uh, on his on his verse on Trippy Red's uh, new album, said, "All these fools I'm beefing with that I barely know, 45, 44, let it go. Yay ain't changing shit for me. It's set in stone, burned out. So Drake on Kanye's neck, apparently." And this, like I said, the stuff I was just telling you about, this is all happening at the same time. Kanye's trying to build up the hype for Donda's listening premiere. Uh, people are literally uh, are literally buying tickets on this t on the twentieth. Um, you know that's when that's when they dropped, and this is when the verse dropped. This is literally the same day that this verse dropped when he finally announced this event, and when tickets dropped too. So uh, all of a sudden. I mean, Kanye and Drake have been exchanging, exchanging various, uh, you know, verses back and forth for a little bit now. Of course, uh, they've had a lot of history, um, you know, doing this, um, you know, for fun. But I feel like in the past few years, it's it's taken a little bit of a personal route. Of course, it all started with uh, Drake, um, Drake's kid Adonis, and how that was kind of leaked uh, from Pusha T and how Drake thought it was Kanye who told him, and then that ended up not being true, but the shots and the little, I mean, not even the shots, just like the little subtle shots that are in, you know, your lyrics, in your flows. It's not like you're making a whole diss track, but you got a couple bars that are, you know, directed towards that other rapper, that other artist, and it seems as if Kanye and Drake have been doing this for a while now. They're not really making, it's not like they're making diss tracks or anything. It's really just like a couple of lines in a song that, could be uh could be directed towards Drake or could be directed towards Ye in in some way, but um this was kind of like the first time that one of them had truly said one of the other person's names, um you know instead of you know kind of dancing around it uh they, they literally Drake just name drops him so this was kind of the the first time it, it had it had worked out in that way where it was like oh shit this man's really like saying his name so. Um, that ends up happening, and then this is uh, where it, it kind of gets a little weird. Uh, as Kanye West then posts a picture on his Instagram in a group chat that um, you know you can see the letters of the names of the names of people in the group chat, but it looks like there's eight people plus Kanye in this group chat, and it looks like Kanye 
um, has added Pusha T to the conversation, and then he sends a picture of um, of the most recent Joker, a little still from the movie, and it says, "I quote unquote, I live for this. I've been effed with." By nerd ass jock n words like you, my whole life, you will never recover. I promise you. So, like I said, he sends this picture of a joke of the Joker, um, of a still from the movie. He adds that caption to it. He also added Pusha T right before he sends this message. And then when you, when you scroll up, well, when you when you you know, zoom in on this group chat, you see, um, you see, uh. The letters D, V, B, T. So you're kind of like, okay, who, who, who could some of these people be? I'm assuming the the D is Drake, and then you see the previous message that was sent in this group before Kanye sent that. Um, it's a message from Kanye again, and it says, "Wear my watch green. I want you to make my diamonds do backflips." And of course. Uh, Drake said, you know, on life is good. Virgil got the paddock on my wrist going nuts. So then you maybe cross off the V in the group chat being Virgil as Kanye was sending that to Virgil saying that he wants a green watch and he wants his diamonds to do backflips instead of front flips, uh, as Drake said. So you got Drake and Virgil possibly in this group chat. So you kind of make the assumption that it's just a bunch of Drake uh, in his, uh, his group, his boys maybe. Um, his, you know, just the people that are around Drake. Um, so Kanye West adds Pusha T to a group chat with Drake. And it looked like Virgil, but I don't know who else it was. Possibly Drake's team. And he sends that basically declaring war in a way. Um, I mean, it seems as if he responds to to the diss. Um, and then he also posts a picture of Drake's address, which then was deleted. So very cryptic very weird um you know but not really anything i don't know not any really anything set in stone that has come from after that of course um Kanye west was having uh the the uh listening listening events um you know that following friday so we i mean that following thursday so who knows what was going to happen um rick ross had an interview that monday um and they when asked about the drake and kanye beef all he had to say was drake told him that uh, the previous night on sunday when kanye after kanye had posted his address after he had posted the group chat with what he had said and how he added pusha rick ross said that drake just said quote everything is unfolding i'm about to be free as a bird so who the fuck knows what that means uh, does that mean he's going to finally expose everything and be free in that way? Uh, who knows? But um, Kanye West, let's, 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 uh, what's it called? Basically, throughout the week, um, I don't know if it was at his discretion, but it was being leaked um, and there were being live, like, there was live drone footage of what was going down, excuse me, and what was being created in the middle of soldier field at chicago and it looked as if it was uh kanye west's child childhood home being built um in the middle of the stadium for this third listening event the home that he was raised in where he lived with his mom and um you know they were they were making a replica of it looks like uh but finally the event comes uh kanye west is performing basically at his home 
Uh, I mean, sort of. It's a replica. Um, he, you know, was an hour late as usual, but uh, gets into it. And first song off the bat is Jail. Of course, this was the song that he premiered at all three events. Uh, the first and the second ones included a verse from Jay-Z, from Hove. Watch the Throne. It was finally back. They're finally back. They've returned. So this is the first song that plays at this third listening party. And it seems as if he's then replaced Jay-Z's verse with the baby. As the baby then comes out. Of course, all the controversies that have been surrounding the baby as of late. This was a, a huge move uh, from Kanye. Uh, showing his support for the rapper. Showing... Um, you know, everybody where he stands with that and, and where he, um, you know, I, I mean, it's I, the baby. This he, he just fumbled. He really did. And it, it sucks that he said the stuff that he did, but he can't take any of that back. I think that's what uh, he has to understand is he has to really own up to that. I, I think it sucks that he said that. And then on top of that, he, he was really quick to he was really quick to, um, you know, not apologize, not really say anything. And then he finally did put out a statement, of course. And, you know, I don't want to ever judge a man's character. Um, you know, I, I got to live in his shoes. I got to I got to live in his in his own feet before I ever I truly judge a man or his character. But that was it was just a bit of a fumble. And it sucked that it happened, especially with how the baby's music has been skyrocketing but when when you say something like that and you really you're not really causing anything with just one person you're causing somebody with a whole group of people that um you know have have had to live on the outskirts for a long time have had to uh slowly be accepted year after year after year it seems as if you know it's getting better and better but at the same time there's still you know always those stories of of people that um, are verbally abused because of how they affiliate themselves or how, um, you know, they choose to, to love. Um, you know, you always hear stories of verbal abuse, of physical violent abuse. So for him to say that, it, it was a bit it was a bit ignorant. There's no doubt about that. But at the same time, um, you know, it's it's is it worth um, you know, is it worth canceling him for the minute? Possibly, but as a whole, I, I don't really, it's, it's tough. I don't really know how I feel about cancel culture to this day. Um, because am I, am I going to ever, am I ever going to admit that, or am I ever going to side with the fact that what the baby said was, was true or was, was good? No, never. Are you kidding me? That's, it was extremely ignorant of him to say it was, it, it was a moment in a <laughs> in the concert where he could have simply just hyped up the crowd, got everybody hyped, and then boom, went into the next song. But uh, for him to like stop the energy of the entire concert and then say that it was like he really had it on his mind for some reason. Like you don't just, I don't know. It was really weird. It was just like you don't really say something to that extent unless it's truly on your mind or it has been on your mind especially when it's in the moment that he was in it wasn't like he was just in his trailer his bus chilling with the homies and some some audio got leaked like this man like really had the mic and everything and said that so i feel like all of these things combined escalated this and of course you know it's it's you gotta be that's why you gotta be careful of what you say and wh who you're saying it in front of uh but for kanye to bring him out and, and show his support for the baby 
um, it was going to be controversial regardless because of this. You know, it was it was going to be controversial because of everything that's been going on. Um, and Kanye West is already a controversial person himself. So for him to do that, show the support for the baby. But at the same time, did he take Jay Z off the album? Uh, who knew? Who knew? And uh, the listening party continued. And then Moon came on with uh, Don Tolliver. And then we learned that Kid Cudi was no longer on the song. So did he also take Cudi off the album? He And then Remote Control came on. It was just Young Thud without Cudi as well. So the uh, Baby added and Jay-Z was removed. Kid Cudi was removed. The Pusha T song was removed. Uh, there was a Lauryn Hill sample that was added. Um, Hurricane was um, was buffed in a way as it was the same. But then The weekend. Uh, Abel had a nice little verse at the very end of the song that was, wasn't there before after Kanye's verse. So that was, uh, upgraded in a way. Um, there was a Lauren Hill sample that was added, uh, but much of, oh yeah, Playboy Cardi's verse on, it wasn't, it wasn't off the grid. It was the other song that, oh, on Junior, it was the, uh, Playboy Cardi's verse on Junior was also, re, uh, what's, what's it called? Reduced. It wasn't removed completely but um you know coming out of it there was it was much of the same besides all of this stuff uh the big topics of course being jay-z and kid cuddy possibly being moved off the album um but like i said uh before these these are just listening parties you know we're still like this i i feel like the biggest difference between the first one and the third one was the first one was a lot of demos, a lot of unfinished songs. And when you got to the second one, you got to a, quite a bit of finished songs. But, you know, some some tweets, some some additions I felt, you know, could be added to make this album perfect. And I think this third event, even though there was, you know, the song with Kit, without Kid Cudi, without Jay-Z on there, um, you know, there was some controversial. Uh, I felt like the only controversy from this third listening event was... Um, the the features honestly it was it had nothing to do with kanye it had nothing to do with uh are these songs complete with or without the feature it had everything to do with the feature just makes the song better like why would you take it off and that was the first time it had, i had felt that way towards the listening events uh for donda um throughout the throughout this entire album rollout i felt as if this was the most complete project that he had uh displayed at a listening event regardless of if jay-z and kid cuddy weren't on there regardless of if the baby came out and caused some controversy on there or uh marilyn manson was at there uh you know whoever he brought out i really didn't give a fuck i was just trying to pay attention to the music trying to pay attention if there was anything i mean this man set himself on fire that was that was pretty crazy um, and then he gets remarried to Kim K. Like, what was that? So it was still a really cool event. It was still entertaining. I was trying to focus on the music as much as possible. But, you know, Kanye always got something going on, especially with his crazy concepts of, of the stage designs and like literally rebuilding his uh, childhood home. That, that was really cool. And, and bringing out artist after artist uh, who were be, who would be featured on this album. Um, during the listening party, uh, per se, but, uh, the, the thing that I had hope about is, is the reason why I wasn't as, I guess what I'm trying to say is the reason why I wasn't too nervous about these Jay-Z and Kid Cudi features, um, were because this man has played a different album the entire time, but it's been the same album. And what I mean by that is it's been a different order for all three listening parties every single time. 
but there's still the same songs. It's just been a different order that he's been playing it in. So in my mind, I was just thinking, well, if that's the case, then maybe Jay-Z and Kid Cudi uh, can still be on here. Maybe we haven't heard verses that are on here. Um, because this man has been playing something different every time. He's been making a different order. Maybe he's just testing stuff out still. Uh, it felt like that was kind of the point of the listening parties were to listen to some of these songs um, in an environment like a, like a you know, um, arena, like a Mercedes-Benz, like the so – I know Soldier Field is more of a field, but playing it with these amplified speakers – listening to it in that type of environment i think uh was the whole point and and getting seeing and hearing the reactions of the fans and what they wanted what they i felt like um you know that was also a, a huge part of of why he kind of had a rollout in this sort of fashion i felt like it was different it was unique uh and of course it was frustrating at times when you felt like you were getting the album but i think that was the main point uh regardless of anything so i mean leaving uh this uh, listening party, like I said, um, you know, some, 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 uh, you know, desire to listen to it was, was, was not lost in any way. And in, in my opinion, for me personally, I was still very excited to listen to the album, uh, regardless of who was really on it. I felt, like I said, I felt like it was, it was pretty complete. And, uh, finally, um, the next day on Friday, about 5 p.m., is when Kanye West's manager, uh, Blue, said that it had been, uh, what's it called, delivered. Uh, I mean, not Blue, Boo. Um, and um, Yeezy sound artist Casey uh, also reported that uh, the, the album had finally been turned in on uh, Friday, about 5 p.m. And the first report was that um, it would have been turned in um, on that Friday, but it's, um, what's it called? It had, uh, what's it called? Still, um, a few more days to go in terms of release as the first reports indicated that it would be releasing the same day as Drake as, um, there on, uh, on Saturday, uh, the, what day was Saturday? Saturday, the 28th. Um, there was a cryptic message early, um, during sports center. Um, I, I think it was maybe seven or eight, uh, East, not Eastern, uh, Western time. There was a cryptic message revealing that certified lover boy would be dropping September 3rd. It was just literally a cardboard bot saying CLB September 3rd. And it was like, uh, the, the program had been hacked in a way. People were talking about how since Kanye, um, sent a picture of the Joker. Drake was trying to one-up it and, and hack a broadcast the same way Joker did in uh, The Dark Knight. So it, it, it's it's getting deeper and deeper into these possibilities and stuff, but Drake did hack uh, the Sports Center, um, the Sports Center uh, broadcast, and he did announce that CLB would be dropping September 3rd during this. And then now... Um, we can all confirm this as Drake did post on his Instagram, the cover art, which is just a 12 of different, um, 12 different emojis, um, that are all the pregnant lady holding the stomach, uh, but they're all 12 different, uh, shades of people, but they're all emojis. 
um, and that's supposed to be the cover art, so we'll see if that's true as well, but um, like I said, going back to Kanye, the first report was that Kanye would also be dropping on September 3rd to compete one-on-one -on -one against Drake, uh, to have them both drop on the same day, um, but yesterday, um, early in the morning for, for me on the West Coast, but not too early on the East Coast at about 4.30 a.m. West Coast time, uh, Kanye Mess's manager tweeted out that Donda would be coming at 8 p.m. I mean 8 a.m. Eastern Time, 5 a.m. Pacific, and lo and behold, Donda was finally here as um, as Kanye West's tenth tenth studio album was finally released. Um, the final the uh, what's it called the final track list um, included 26 or 27 songs. Uh, which had OK OK Junior, uh, Jail, and Jesus Lord all having a part two, as there were just different features on both parts. Uh, that's really be being the only difference really uh, between these. But now, uh, you know, looking back at these listening parties, at um, you know the different uh, versions that we heard throughout the listening parties, we were able to see. Um, we were able to see that, uh, you know, he did end up keeping Jay-Z on Jail Part 1. He ended up keeping Kid Cudi on Moon, but he did drop him off of remote control, so that kind of sucked. Uh, but then he also kept Jail Part 2 with the baby, and he kept uh, some of these other versions that we had heard at listening parties. So was the theory that Kanye West was really trying to see the best tracks that people were resonating with? Possibly, especially with how the track list ended up turning out. Um, but like I said, he finally released uh, Donda at 5 a.m. yesterday on, um, what's it called, on August 29th. Uh, and I mean, man, oh man, the the producer slash artist credit is is pretty ridiculous um, with the amount of with the amount of people that are on here, the amounts of uh, artists that helped out. Uh, it's it's pretty pretty phenomenal with what Kanye has accomplished here um I know that you know the the rollout was something extremely different that we have never never even heard of never really thought of this man was literally touring an unreleased album it felt like for three of these listening events uh but these these final credits man it, I think you can really see what Kanye has accomplished with this work of art uh he, he really assembled an Avengers team uh, to to complete his tenth album, to complete his tenth studio album, and um, you know this this album I, I feel like was definitely worth the wait. Definitely, uh, you know the patience that we, I mean technically Donda is a year late. I know Kanye did announce it like last year, um, and I think that you know Kanye really just proved again uh, why he is in in the category that he's in, and that's that's literally in his own and. Uh, this this album is is next level. Twenty seven tracks on here, uh, damn near damn near no skips. If if there's a skip on here, I really want you to let me know what song you think is is getting that skip button. Um, because it's it's far and few skips in my opinion. Uh, to to have a twenty seven track album, an hour and forty eight minutes, and and you have very very little to no skips. It's it's phenomenal, and especially with uh, the artists he put together, The weekend and Lil Baby on Hurricane, just phenomenal 
Playboy Cardi and Fabio Foreign on Off the Grid. Um, what's it called? Trav and and Baby Baby Team um, on Praise God. Um, I mean, it's it's uh, it, it's really. Um, it really speaks to who Kanye is as an artist this entire album, but also as a producer, as somebody that can make great art, um, you know, musically. Um, it, it, there's just no doubt that this man is in his own, in his own fields, in his, uh, in his own realm when it comes to music. Um, and man, oh man, it, it's good that Dawn is finally out. It's good that everybody who wa- weren't able to tune into listening events or held off of leads can finally hear it. But, um, then... After Donda was released, supposedly the reason why Jail 2 with the baby was wasn't first on there uh, was because the baby's management uh, possibly held it back. But then after deleting that post of Tet's messages with the baby and his own managers, um, Kanye West uh, put out something on his Instagram saying that Universal put my album out without my approval. Excuse me, and then they blocked Jail 2 from being on the album. Jail 2 is the one with the baby, so. Um, Jail 2 is now on streaming services, can now be played, but when it first dropped at 5 a.m., it was not, uh, it was blocked, literally, like, you could not play it on Spotify, wasn't even showing up on Apple Music, uh, so, um, you know, now that, uh, it is out, it is good, you should please go ahead and listen to Donda, it's been, it's one of the most hyped albums of all time, I feel like, with, with how this rollout ended up turning out, um, and it does not disappoint in any way. Of course, when it was first released, and even before it was first released, uh, it, it was pretty obvious that Donda would likely debut at number one, and that would uh, then push Kanye um, and uh, make him uh, have the most number one albums on Billboard's Top 200 chart uh, this century. And uh, it is well, well, well on its way to that. It is now officially recorded the most number one entries in history with 130 countries. This album is number one. It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty phenomenal. I mean, th- there's 130 album. There's 130 album. There's 130 countries right now where this album is number one. 130, bro. Like, that is insane. Some of these random, there's, you know, of course, there's, there's uh, big name countries, but then there's so many small random countries that I pro- I've never even heard of. And I'm sure if you look at these this list of the 130 countries that this album is currently number one in, you you probably wouldn't even recognize some of these. And it's, I mean, it just shows, like I said, who Kanye is and and the pedestal that he's put himself in, where far and few have ever been and far and few will ever reach. Uh, but like I said. Uh, Officially number one in 131 different countries, 68%, 68% of the world has this number, has this album as the number one right now. That's the most in any history, in, in any, uh, any realm, any, any year, anything, man. This is, this is just the most ever by an artist in history. And it hadn't even been 24 hours when this was, when the, when these records were being broken. So pretty, pretty insane numbers from Kanye. Uh, like I said, it has, uh, you know, number one in 131 countries, and it also has, um, it it also 
um, earns 100 million first day streams on this on the global Spotify chart, which is the uh, second biggest album debut of all time behind Drake's Scorpion at 132 million and then Folklore by Taylor Swift at 80.6 million. Um, and then some of the songs that seem to be dominating the stream so far uh, from this record is uh, Jail, Kanye West times Jay-Z, The Throne is Back. That's currently the number one song on Apple Music. Uh, it's the first time that Jay-Z has rapped on a Kanye solo album since My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. So 11 years in the making uh, for that to happen. Another song that's been dominating the streaming services is, um, what's it called? Uh Hurricane with uh, Lil Baby and The Weeknd, of course. The Weeknd has an extra verse now at the end. That that whole that whole narrative of the Lil Baby and The Weeknd now working good together, I, it makes no sense to me, I'll tell you that much. But this song is tremendous. It is killing the streams, like I just said. And, I mean, Lil Baby now has killed collabs this year alone with Kanye West, J. Cole, and Drake, all in the same year. This man is different. This man is here. He's ready. Um continuing with it uh but man oh man this this album is huge that's that's all that's that's really all there is to it but donda out now everywhere please go stream it please go uh please go listen to this masterpiece but uh that's all i got for today um it's it's crazy that donda's finally here especially the day before school so that 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 was nice uh but um, Kanye's finally uh, blessed us with this work of art, and I really highly suggest you all go listen to it. Um, it now, what's it called? And now on top of that, uh, Drake releasing this Thursday at 9 p.m. Pacific, 12 Eastern, with Certified Lover Boy. Will will that be better than Donda? Will that live up to the hype? Will he have some some uh, disses thrown towards Kanye's way? We'll see. But uh, a great time for music right now, an extremely great time for music. Uh, we got to hear Kendrick Lamar uh, this past Friday as well with Baby Keem on Family Ties. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Um, and I mean, we got Drake coming. Kanye's already out. Just a great, great, great time. Watch The Throne as well as back as well. So, I mean, please, please, please go listen to it. I, I promise you will not be disappointed. Uh, this album is definitely once in a lifetime, and um, it, it's lived up to every hype that it possibly could have been been in, in my opinion. So go listen to Donda. Please continue to listen to the Gina Spirito podcast, uh, and I will catch you all very soon. Thank you so much for tuning in.